From RealGhostStoriesOnline.com, this is Real Ghost Stories Online, the podcast. It's group therapy for the paranormally affected. Phone number to call in is 855-853-4802, 855-853-4802. We would absolutely love to hear from you. Uh, of course, you can always write into us as well through the website, RealGhostStoriesOnline.com, or you can uh, also post on our forum 24 hours a day, seven days a week, call in 24-7. It's completely up to you how you'd like to interact with the show. We would just uh, love it if you did. And of course, we'd love it if you share the show, let some friends know about it. That's how we grow. That's how we get a better show going for you. So if you've not done that in a while, make sure you do a little Facebook post and Twittering on our behalf. Let some folks know that you like the show, especially as we get into Halloween season here. Trust me, your friends will thank you. They are probably looking for something spooky to listen to. Uh, so uh, that would also uh, help us out quite a bit. If you're not an EPP yet, that's an extra podcast person. That's where you get an extra podcast every single week, and you help support the show. If you listen to us a couple times a week and you enjoy the show, it's become part of your normal routine in life. Uh, we ask you know, if you have a couple extra bucks to you know throw it in the kitty and uh, help us support us. Only five bucks a month. We'll thank you uh, with an extra show. In addition to all of the free shows that we put out, get that extra show every single week. Equates to about 52 extra shows a year. Uh, as a thank you for helping to financially uh, keep this show going. Because without that, without our EPPs, this show would not be continuing onward. So uh, thank you uh, so much for all the folks who have done just that. And if you've not done so, please uh, please think about doing that. You can do it through the website, realghoststoriesonline.com. On today's episode, got a whole bunch of calls, a bunch of new callers, a little bit of follow-up, some old fo- callers, some uh, callers who we've... Uh, Head on a, a couple times. Cisco is going to make an appearance later on in the show with an update on uh, what's going on with her and uh, a new story. So that should be interesting. Uh, a little bit of follow up and some comments from some folks uh, across the message boards and YouTube and uh, such. Sir Edward says, "Sorry, guys, I'm going to have to be the first to call bullshit on this one." Uh, this is in uh, regards to the orbs in Gettysburg the other day. Okay. Um, the photo directly below, and he's referring to the one that we, we usually as a show title photo, and it's also in the gallery of the orbs in Gettysburg, where there's literally hundreds of orbs in the picture. Um, he uh, emailed me three other photos. He tried to post them to the message board, but they didn't post. Um, and they, they look very similar. He said they show snow falling using a flash. And he's right. They do look like snow. That's the first thing I thought sure. of the orbs in Gettysburg photo was it was snowing and they used a flash. Um, and the thing is, when people send us photos and they give us a description of what the environment was, this is a show based on really trust it and, is. and taking people at their word. So uh, if it was snowing and they used a flash, I would say it was snow using a flash. The thing is, though, Edward, they told us it was a completely clear night and there was no snow falling, and that's what they got on their camera. So, again, this is a show you know, where it's really based on whatever the people are sharing with us. you got to take them at their word. Um, otherwise, you could probably call bullshit on every single thing we talk about yeah. because it is a show about the paranormal, and that in itself not normal you could say it's not real but we know there is something out there um it's about sharing these stories and these experiences and sometimes you get those where yeah it does look like something else but if in fact there was nothing there that's a pretty unexplained photo that was sent into us yeah it is so we just got to kind of trust you know what it was um so 
that's what that is. You know, I, I appreciate your opinion and I appreciate you weighing in on it. And you're exactly right. It does look like snow, but they said it was a clear night. So I got to take him at their word that it was indeed a, a clear night. Um, if that's not the case and the folks who sent it into us uh, want to go, oh, my God, it was snowing. Is that what that was? OK, then we got an explanation. But if it was a clear night, it was a clear night. There's a lot of orbs in that photo. Yeah, there so, were. So that's that. Um, another letter says, just want to mention uh, the uh, culinary sage you use in your turkey stuffing and white sage that you smudge are very, very different. Uh, I'm sure you can burn culinary sage. However, putting white sage into your stuffing would most likely be pretty disastrous because it's very pungent and not as yummy in a Thanksgiving way. That's good to know. So there you go. Can't uh, get rid of demons with uh, stuffing. So it won't smell like Thanksgiving. I'm guessing, you know, it probably would somewhat smell like Thanksgiving, probably just a very pungent version of it. Okay. You know, there's like different types of mint and things like that. And all mint kind of has a similar smell. Um, but, you know, it's slightly uh-huh. variant. So I'm sure it would be very similar, but a variant of it. Do you like, put sage in your crawfish stuffing you always make? Yes. You do? Yep. Okay. You know, there's, and catnip, for example. Do you know catnip is a mint? Sure. Yeah. So that, when you smell catnip or you smell like spearmint or just, you know, peppermint, uh, you know, just, just mint off of the, the vine. They smell a little different, but they're all kind of in that family. That's, I'm sure, what the sage thing is probably like. Okay. At least my assumption, anyway. And I also want to address something, because I'd, I'd never heard this one before. Somebody had mentioned this on a YouTube comment. They were uh, alluding to a concept that uh, some of our callers were made up and actors <laughs> calling into our show. Really? Yeah. And um, I just had to say... I don't have the time, I don't have the energy, or the desire to stage calls for this show. Can <laughs> we, have, we just be totally transparent? There are no paid individuals in, you know, at all, at dealing, all. including ourselves. <laughs> yes. We're still doing this. Yeah. Or made up. Or yeah. doing, yeah. I mean, there's there, we, we have more calls than we can really get to. We don't need to make up people to call into the show. Um, so I agree. There's some characters that call into our show. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. Um, but they're real people. And and really with any show that, that is out there, um, you have frequent callers. You know, if, if we were talking about um, roosters, they would have people that were passionate about roosters calling into the show. Um, no matter what it is, that, that's how shows work when you get a following going. So I can assure you, uh, one person who made that assumption, uh, no... There's no fake callers going on here. In fact, some of these folks, you could probably Google. I would. I don't know. I don't know how public that some of them are or not. I really, I haven't Googled some of them myself. But, um, you know, some of them, I, I'm sure if you wanted to look into it, you could dig and indeed confirm these are indeed human beings that have a, a bit of a background on the topic. And none of them are paid. They're all no. doing it out of the, the goodness of yeah, their heart. They're passionate about the show. So I just thought that was an interesting comment but people are going to believe what they want to believe and uh, i'm sure the majority does not think that but i just wanted to address that to the individual who thought that but uh, there you go okay 855-853-4802-855-853-4802 is a phone number to call in to real ghost stories online we would absolutely love to hear your ghost story or you can weigh in on a uh, past story or a, a past call that we've had here on the show, let's go to the phone lines right now. Hey, hello, um, Tony and Zoom. This is Moni, but you can call me by Kitty. 
I um, want to tell you about a story that happened back in 2012, at the end of the year, pretty much. I was uh, moving in with a boyfriend at the time, and I wanted to get away from the family and whatnot. But like, as soon as I actually started moving with him, a lot of weird things actually started happening. After about a few weeks of actually staying with him, I started seeing, I seen three children. I like woke up out of my sleep and see them standing against the wall. Scared like the heck out of me. First I thought I was dreaming, but apparently I wasn't. They just stayed there just staring at me. So I tried to put it off as like, maybe this this is a dream, I don't know. And pretty much from there, I began to see them more. But they actually took the form of, well, couldn't call them ghosts, I know that for sure. They were demons. It was three of them. It was like, it was a small one that actually ran around the house, kind of like playing games and whatnot. Just kind of like messing with you now and then. And then like, there was a second one that was in the other room that my boyfriend had. It was, I don't know how to actually describe it. It was kind of like this big one, but I mean, it was like, it, it didn't take like a transparent but it was pretty much like solid. And the third one was the one that actually scared me the most because it actually started to attack me physically and mentally. I would have different nightmares, waking up on my sleep, sometimes screaming. I don't, I didn't know what to do at the time. I would like try to like talk to family and whatever and whatnot. But that didn't really help too much. And um, a few months went by, and I was talking to a friend on the phone. And I was sitting in the room, pretty much like um, sitting on the bed, kind of on the computer at the time. I was like, oh, whatever, kind of just chatting along. And that's when I seemed like on the, it was like on the curtain, there were three people burning in fire. I was so scared. I, I didn't know what to do. I was... I'm sorry, I'm a little bit... Just, just bringing this up again kind of brings back a lot of memories. And this is something I just can't actually find myself playing with. And, like, it just... It, they just begin to mess with me continuously until I actually move from my boyfriend's house. But, well, that's pretty much it. And I have more stories. But I'm, I was kind of scared to call you guys. But um, I finally got the courage to do so. And um, hopefully, um, hopefully I can tell you guys some more stories. All right, goodbye. Thank you for your call, and definitely call back and tell us those other stories. Um, three demon children. What do you think of that? It sounds like a great new sitcom coming to NBC this fall. What happens when two innocent people and three demon children get together in a wacky comedy for the whole family? Oh, that was lovely. Thank you. <laughs> three demon children. Thursdays on NBC. Uh... It sounds disturbing. I mean, you could actually hear the the 
that person was very, it sounded like they were still fairly disturbed by the the incident. Yeah, you could hear the fear in her voice. She didn't want to tell that story again. Yeah. And thank you for calling and doing that. I hope, you know, you maybe feel a little relief calling and sharing that. Yeah. I mean, because there's a lot of folks who do call in and, and kind of describe what, what she was saying, where very hesitant to call in, nervous about calling in, and they finally call in, and they get it off their chest, and they kind of just feel this, you know, weight lift a little bit. Uh-huh. You know, it really, it depends on your outlook and how you're you're dealing with it, but... um you know, I hope that, that getting that out there and just being able to share that um, helped out a little bit. You know, we do appreciate you calling in and sharing your story. We really do. If you have a real ghost story you'd like to share with us, you can do it 24-7 at 855-853-4802, 855-853-4802. We would love to hear your real ghost story, and uh, so would our community out there of folks uh, here uh, that listen to real ghost stories online. We have lots of folks who... Ben in your shoes. Uh, and uh, as the Ghostbusters would say, we are ready to believe you. And we really are. Yeah, we do. There's going to be a couple douchebags out there that are going to be like, Aah! but that's really not the majority of our community. <laughs> so, no. uh, And of course, you're sick of that. So don't worry, we filter them out. Um, but we would love to hear your ghost story. 855-853-4802. Uh, this is a letter. It says this story... He's not actually my own. However, I was there and didn't see anything, which makes it all the more creepy. To set this up, you need to know what kind of person my wife is. She's the most honest and quiet person you can ever meet. She was not raised up to be uh, raised up in a religious home, so really had no concept of demons. She does not get into ghost stories and shows as I do. To me, the fact that she's never been a religious person or into the overproduced ghost shows that can plant things in your mind makes this even more authentic. We had gone to Braxton County, West Virginia to stay in a cabin that a business partner owned. It was an old cabin that had been in the family for three generations. It had a very creepy feel, but was nice. The cabin was in a valley between two mountains, just like everything seemed to be in this area of West Virginia. The roads are cut in between two mountains, and homes are placed at the foot of the mountains. These roads would go back miles off the main road. The cabin we stayed in was about 10 miles down one of these little roads. It was fall, and the main reason for our trip was to see deer and the fall colors. This area did not disappoint. The deer would come out at dusk in large herds from the tree line of the mountains into the yards in small fields of the houses. The colors of the trees was amazing, so I brushed off the strange feeling I had and was having. We had a good time with the family. The second day, we were close. It was close to dusk, and we went on a ride down the little one-lane road the cabin was on to look at the deer. We had gone about two miles from the house, seeing many deer and enjoying ourselves. All of a sudden, my wife got very quiet and was staring forward out the windshield of the car. I noticed something was wrong. She was not talking about the deer or moving, just staring forward. I asked, what's wrong? She said, did you see that? Thinking she was talking about the deer, I said no. I did not see or hear anything. She said, no, there was something tall and black, and it ran across the road. I was shocked because I was the one driving and was looking forward at the same time and had seen nothing. I asked questions about what she had seen. 
She described it to me as being tall and very black. Do you think it was just a person, I asked, even though I'd seen no one? She said no, it was moving too fast, and it just moved across the road in literally a matter of seconds. I said, oh, wow. Have you seen Bigfoot or anything like that? Do you think that's possible? Again, she said no. She seemed to be getting upset trying to process what she had seen. It was solid black, head to toe, and very slim. When she said that it sent chills down my body, knowing of shadow people, and knowing that she was more and more describing what had been reported they look like and how they move. She had no idea of what a shadow person was, and now she's describing one to me. I was becoming very uncomfortable and wanted to get away from the whole area. The feelings of discomfort I had when we got there this day before, which I had suppressed, were now back twofold. She was visibly upset, and the feeling of dread and loneliness I was feeling was enough for me. We went back to the cabin, shut everything down, cleaned up fast, looked up, and made the six-hour trip back to North Carolina the same night. The story is not over with that. When getting back, I asked my friend if anything had ever happened to him in the area, and he said, no. I told him the story, and he said, it's very strange, but I don't have a clue what she could have seen. Only for him to come up the next morning and asked if I had a few minutes to talk. Telling me that the night I had told him the story, he had a dream that he was in his house here in North Carolina, not at the cabin in West Virginia. He heard something on his front porch, looked out the window, saw a large black human shape on his front porch moving very fast around the porch as if to be trying to find a way into the house. He said in the dream he tried to tell it to go, and it was not welcome here, but nothing would come out of his mouth when he tried to speak. I must admit a little jealousy on my part that my wife got to see this. I've always had a fascination with things paranormal. I'm not a ghost hunter. I like going and looking for things that can lead me to trouble. I only consider myself just a student on the subject, but would have been excited to experience this. For some reason, it was not meant to be. My wife had seen it, and I did not, and we were both looking in that same area at the same time. Love the show. Thank you so much for listening to my story. That's a good creepy one. You know, I bet it's kind of good that she saw it, because I bet if he saw it, they might have stayed and something else might have happened. Or they crashed the car into a tree. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I I think that's interesting because, again, I think it kind of goes back. I think some people are able to see things. I think some people are not. I I, I think sense plays into it. I think some people have a sense and can see things and i think others just simply cannot see these things unless it's like really something powerful and making itself known and like manipulating objects sure if you will that's my take on it okay so thank you for the call it was very good 855-853-4802 855-853-4802 to call in with your real ghost story Tony, Jenny, uh, thanks for taking my call. This is Ashley calling again uh, from Philadelphia, Mississippi. I called about the uh, Hana Church that time. Um, I have a couple of things I'd like to add that um, hopefully that will uh, spice up the story a little bit. Um, and I um, want to add a couple of things, too, as well, uh, regarding the... Uh, people that call in that are Christian and are certain denominations and and have certain beliefs stating that, uh, you know, 
you have to believe one way. If you don't believe this way, the demons won't attack you. Trust me. I've had sleep paralysis uh, my entire life, uh, which I'm I'm with Jenny on, on this, that I think that sleep paralysis is definitely, definitely paranormal. Uh, saying all that to say this is, um, like you said, Tony, these things, they don't discriminate against anybody, white, black, Christian, Buddhist, uh, I actually went to Bible school. Uh, I studied, uh, you know, I went four years to Bible University. I studied demonology, studied, uh, you know, I have a, you know, I have a four-year degree uh, in, in theology. So, uh, you know, I've studied all religions. Uh, I'm a Christian personally, um, but I still get attacked. The sleep paralysis thing, man, it's... Uh, terrifying Tony uh, it still happens to this day um, I mean it, it doesn't um, it doesn't discriminate uh, it actually happened the other night uh, it felt like I've learned personally uh, like the caller that called in the other day I know I'm all over the place uh, I have a, I have several things I want to talk to you about and I have multiple stories and, um, but I just want to kind of test the waters on a few things. But uh, anyway, two nights ago, I had sleep paralysis again. Um, so I'm 6'3", 245 pounds, and you know, I'm a big guy. I'm a big old boy. And something was holding my arm down to the point where I couldn't move an inch. I couldn't move an inch, Tony. Uh, I couldn't move. I couldn't... Uh, when, when this sleep paralysis thing happens, it, uh, it, it it actually feels like an elephant is is straddling your chest, and Hulk Hogan or Andre the Giant or Brock Lesnar or you know some of the tough guy they're holding your arms down. I couldn't move my arms at all. Uh, I've learned to relax, stay calm if you can. Uh, which is which which is difficult too, but but I've had it so long I've you know I've learned to relax a little bit because I'm conscious of, of what's going on the sleep paralysis. Uh, just start breathing slow, and uh, a big burst of energy like the caller the other day was talking about. Uh, anyway, that that brings me out of it. Uh, okay, getting back to the uh, haunted church. Uh, what was uh, what was funny about about, about the story? Uh, yesterday we celebrated my grandfather's 80th birthday, and my uncle stood up. We were talking about the uh, you know uh, we were talking about stories that had ha that have happened uh, throughout throughout their lives. And there were about 50 people there celebrating my grandfather's birthday, and my uncle stood up and told the exact story that I told you guys the other day on the haunted haunted church. And uh, when he finished the story, another lady that was sitting in the crowd, one of my grandfather's friends that went, went to that church at the time, she said, without cracking a smile, she said, oh, that was just, uh, that was just Mary Lou, the, pian the uh, organ player. Y'all didn't know that was our ghost? And everyone thought she was joking, but she didn't even crack a smile. <laughs> 
so uh anyway uh that that's my stories uh i have a lot of a, a lot of ways i can help people um you know kind of like your uh caller cisco and i believe it's joe the demonologist uh I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm fairly educated on several subjects myself regarding paranormal, uh, religions, uh, whatnot. Um, you know, I, I would like to, uh, you know, to help anyone out if, you know, if they're willing to, to, to be helped. But, um, anyway, uh, rambling on again, but, uh, I want to get back to one more story. If you got time for this story cool if you don't i'm just going to try to spit it out real fast uh someone told a story about a bunny rabbit ghost the other day or a bunny rabbit imaginary friend my sister and his call ends was he talking about the person that dressed up in a rabbit costume might have been i don't know i i did not cut him off off his his phone cut out there but we do. We would love to hear your story, so please do call back and and share. Yeah, Ashley, story. I want to hear the rest of that. Yeah, so please do uh, call back in. There was no follow up call, so um, he he must have not realized that his phone cut out there. I want to know more about Mary Lou, the organ playing ghost. <laughs> yeah, um, I just wanted to say uh, to him, uh, you know, like all of uh, we have a lot of frequent callers to the show. Um, you're welcome to be one of them. We don't really hold that back. You know, there's no like rule, like you can't call the show. Um, if you have something to add, add it. Because if you're wanting to help people, the, the really the best way that that can be done is simply just, you know, being part of the community uh, that we've kind of created here, you know, giving some feedback to the stories that we talk about, follow-ups, um, and giving some thoughts. Because there's a lot of folks who, who write in their, uh, their stories, who call in their stories, and they're looking for the community's thoughts on them. Right. I mean, not only just getting them off their chest, but, but getting some insight into what, to them, is probably a fairly lonely experience because they probably haven't told a whole lot of people and are still very troubled by whatever it was that happened. So, well, And you, something our listeners may not realize is that our frequent caller friends that we talk about quite mm-hmm. a bit... We didn't know these people before we started doing the podcast. We established this relationship because they called in repeated times. Like, you know, everybody's gotten where they know their names. So that's how you do it. Yeah. I mean, that's really, we we don't know everyone on this show, aside from, from Jenny and me. We didn't know anybody who has been on this show, other than my parents who showed up around a couple months ago. And Todd. Ago. You knew yeah. Todd, but that that was it. Other than that. Other than, I mean, then he's not a normal caller to the show. But uh, other than that, everybody is just, it's it's this totally organic thing that's just developed with uh, you know, all of us sharing our stories. And that's what uh, what Real Ghost Stories Online is and is evolving to. And it's uh, kind of an ever-changing you know show with, with an overall you know theme of, Everyone call in, share your stories, and uh, we'll get bigger and bigger, and everyone can, you know, benefit and, you know, be helped by it and, and enjoy it. Whether you're here for entertainment, welcome, or you're here to to try and make some sense of something, that's that's what it's all about. Uh, 855-853-4802 is the phone number to call in with your real ghost story. I got nothing. Okay, I thought there was something you were going to say there. No, I'm just, okay. I was thinking about my pudding poltergeist shirt that I want. Oh, we'll get it. I want it before Halloween. <laughs> we'll get it. We can get it before Halloween. Okay. You, uh, yeah, it's on the website, by the way. We have that uh, the swag section up there. The uh, I think it's under shop or store or something like that. And there's some fun stuff. Uh, a little bit of the proceeds go back to uh, support the show, and you get some cool stuff. In fact, somebody just said on Facebook they really 
like the quality of what they were getting. Um, so cool. Uh, and we and we ordered some sweatshirts and we really enjoyed them too. We are not we're not like we don't have a sweatshop in our basement. We're not making these things no. here. Uh, so it's you know we were curious too as to what the quality was going to be, but they're really decent. So uh, in fact, we're excited because it's going to be a little bit chillier weather here this week, and we can actually wear some of our our hoodies. Uh, if you want to check out the uh, the store and help support the show a bit, check that out on the website at realghoststoriesonline.com. Good stuff for fall. Here's a letter. When I was 18, I lived with my mother and two sisters at the second floor of a two-story apartment complex in California. And I had something paranormal that physically hurt me happen. I'll send you pictures of my scar and my hurt hand. It was a hot day, and me and my sister were in our room watching TV. It was getting dark, so it was beginning to cool off outside, and we had one of the two windows we have in our room open. My sister was complaining and whining that it was still very warm in our room, so I proceeded to open the second one. Just to give a bit of a visual, my head was right under the two windows that faced outside to an alley that led to one of the main streets. Well, continuing with the story, I got up and kneeled on my bed to open the window. I don't know why, but I had this fear of looking outside of a window when it's dark and fear of having someone or something pop out and scare me out of the darkness. But anyways... As I pulled the window and made sure the lock made the little click it should make when the window was going to stay up and not crash down on me, and let me say, it did lock, I heard a voice coming from the other side of the screen, clear as day, whisper in an angry tone, Don't do that. I turned to my sister and asked her nervously, Did you hear that? She looked at me puzzled, Hear what? As soon as she answered back, I turned to the window and tried hard to peek outside to see if anyone was in the alleyway. Then all of a sudden, the window clicked out of the lock and was coming down on me. My initial reaction was to put my hands up against the glass to stop it. And the weird thing happened. The window came down and the glass cracked in half, just cracked, not shattered, right where I was holding it to prevent my head from being chopped off by the window. And it trapped my left hand. My sister panicked and yelled for my mom, and as soon as she yelled, the very top glass of the window broke and had the jagged end of the broken glass hanging towards where my hand was. I pulled my hand away, cutting my hand open to where you can see the tendons, and seconds after, the whole top of the broken glass came crashing down. I was in shock to see my finger was attached to my hand by a mere piece of tendon. As I turned, shocked to yell to my sister to call my mom, she then sprung up and ran to get her. I heard the whisper again. This time, it said, Told you so. I got goosebumps and proceeded to scream my head off. Why my mom got to the room, she fainted at the sight of my hand and the fact that half of my bed was soaked in blood. As soon as I got to the ER, the nurses and the doctor were shocked to hear that the window did this. Long story short, I had 20 stitches and four-month recovery period. My tendon was severed 80%. We got back. We had the landlord send someone to inspect the window and the whole apartment. They were all okay. Nothing missing or rusted or in bad condition. The window was replaced, and I moved my bed away from there. And now I have developed an irrational fear of windows. I know this sounds like... I could have been more careful with the window, but I heard it click 
and I've heard the second unlock click and the voice warning me. My mother tested the windows, and it takes some elbow grease to pull the window down to unlock their safety. Thanks. Love listening to the show. Deborah Ann. That's terrifying. I've always been freaked out of windows and that sort of thing happening, too. And it's not necessarily paranormal that I'm freaked out. I'm just freaked out of, like, windows not functioning properly. Really? Although, I mean, almost every window I think I've ever had in any house, whether the up and down, they always do take quite a bit of energy to sure. to move up or down. So I don't know why I, I have that fear. I've never had a window that just, boom, you know, naturally thuds down. But I've, I've had that fear. You know, just you know, maybe it's from too many movies or something. You're looking out and it goes down. There's a story where it actually happened. I would be afraid of windows, too, from now on. I mean, I'm not telling you to be afraid of windows. Be afraid of windows. No, I'm just I saying. I am telling you to be afraid I, of windows. I would be afraid, too, if I had had that happen to me. Sure. Yeah, very creepy story. Thank you for the call, and thank you for sharing that story with us here at Real Ghost Stories Online. Let's go to uh, another caller here. Hi. Hi, Tony. Hi, Jenny. My name is Pamela, and Tony, I'm sort of from your neck of the woods. Midwest, uh, Wyzetta, Minnesota. So there's a story that goes that a park in Long Lake, Minnesota called Holbrook Park is haunted. I just recently moved to Long Lake and decided to check out the haunting. The story goes that it's hours of midnight and 2 o'clock on only Sunday nights, you'll see a little girl. If you get too close, she will disappear. She comes back holding apples in her dress, and her father is near her. If you get too close, the father will attack you, will leave cuts on your face, and will leave you with a very sore stomach. So last Sunday, I go up there to the park, and I first started off with a flashlight on foot, and I decided after taking two steps outside the door. No, I'm too scared. I better bring my car. So I go get my car, driving around, freaking out, trembling already. But I've got my brights on. And as I turn into the park, I see 10 to 15 people staring at me and another guy in a jeans and a plaid shirt. He makes kind of a weird motion that freaks me out and, and I take off. So I drive back quickly to my boyfriend, and I say, Tom, get up, please, get up. You have to come with me. And he is afraid of these things like you wouldn't believe. So finally, I coaxed him into coming. And about five minutes after I left the park in the car, Tom and I were back up at the park. But there was nobody there. It was completely empty. There was no signs of anybody. And Tom is at this point thinking, oh, my God, my girlfriend's crazy. Who did I just move in with? And so we're going down the road when all of a sudden, out of nowhere, comes this man running full bore in jeans and a plaid shirt in front of our car. We had to stop suddenly and swerve to miss him. He was going to run in front of our car. Next thing we know, I'm crying, I'm screaming, Tom is screaming. We look back and there's nothing there. So to this day, I don't know if what I saw, the man in plaid shirt and jeans was a spirit 
a father or just someone in town who has heard this story before and was trying to scare scare me. I still can't explain the 10 to 15 people I saw. I mean, I don't know where they were, who they were. Anyway, love your story. Your stories and your podcast. It's really great to know that I'm not just crazy with my stories, but other people have fascinating stories as well. Take care. Wow. I'd be terrified. Sounds like something from like The Hills Have Eyes or Resident Evil 4. Yeah. Where it's like this little bizarro community that she encounters and none of them want her there. I don't know that they don't want her there. They were chasing her down. Just one. He wasn't chasing her. He ran in front of her car. Uh, I think that's usually a good sign. No, it's not a good sign. <laughs> like, hey, you didn't buy lemonade from us. Do you think she saw a bunch of ghosts all at once? I don't know. I mean, it, it, it could have been other folks out there checking out the same urban, urban legend. Yeah. And they were just like, what the hell is this? Um, you know, or are these the cops? Um, so that's why they could have looked a bit startled and looked up. Um, but it, it is bizarre. Yeah. It's still creepy as all get out. Yeah. And then having the person chase them down, I don't know. I mean, yeah, it, it, it's hard to say if it was paranormal or not, but it sure sounds like it could have been. Even if it wasn't, that was one hell of a creepy story. Yeah. It was still worth sharing. Yeah, that was uh, <laughs> that was a very good story. We really do appreciate that. Thanks for calling in and sharing. It comes to, um, there's a creepy video game I like to play, Resident Evil. And there's one, uh, the Resident Evil 4 game, and there's some listeners out there who are familiar with this, where the the beginning of the uh, the game, you're walking through this woods, and it's done really well, really creepily, and you don't know, there's all these weird signs, you know, what the hell you're going into, and suddenly it comes across this village of these shacks and these buildings and these creepy, weird people-type things. Um, they turn to be kind of zombie-like figures, but you don't really know. But they're all just kind of, and you're invading their space, and they don't want you there. That's what was going through my mind when I heard that story. Okay. Very dark. Yeah. So, thank you for the call. I really do appreciate it. 855-853-4802 is the phone number to call in with your real ghost story. We would absolutely love to hear it. Let's go to uh, another call here at Real Ghost Stories Online. I believe this is uh, Cisco. Hi. Hello, dear ghost peeps. It's Cisco, and I'm sorry I've stayed away so long, but I've been out here and I've been listening. And I'm so very proud of all of you. Uh, Jenny and Tony, you're doing a great job. Um, you're out there reading and gathering information from every which way you can, and that's exactly what we got to do on this subject. Um, you know, to stay open-minded, and I think that's wonderful. I had to stop in the middle of the episode where the gentleman called about um, his friend receiving the gift from his dad about the uh, handmade birch basket with the rice and the sweet grass and the sage. And, um, yeah, so that's how um, my elders and my people uh, see that, um, to offer that to, um, you know, a child just about to get married is... Uh, exactly how close we keep it to our hearts and to gift that is um is a very um loving thing to do and uh i think um the reason i'm calling is probably because 
the sage has become kind of symbolic throughout this whole thing of how you can take one thing and there'll be so many different takes on it and so many different understandings of it and none of those are wrong um and it's kind of a lot how this subject is and um i was just urged um by my heart to call and uh to say that if we look at everything like that um there's going to be some um some facts that you know that we can really kind of hang on to and, and realize it is going this way or that way. But a lot of it is uh, interpretation and experience and, and how we see things. And um, I just love how the community is reaching out. And uh, if I did get a chance to help uh, just one person with the talk that I had, um, it was absolutely worth it. Um, it's not easy what um, people that are out there that, that do uh, some of the things I do, and there's people that do a whole lot more than I do, and to know that maybe you touched one heart is totally worth it. Now, uh, I think you're all ready to hear this one, and I would love to hear somebody's take on this because I absolutely have nothing, and it still um, kind of scares the heck out of me to this day. Don't know if it's a ghost. Like I said, I don't know. So I'm going to put it out there in community, and everybody just will just rattle it around and see what we come up with, because you guys are doing a fantastic job, and thanks for supporting each other. Um, okay, 1975, and um, we were living in just outside of Deep Creek, Virginia, which, if you know where that is, it's right by the Dismal Swamp, and uh, very amply named um, area there. Dismal, it certainly was at the time. There was one road, uh, I believe it was a 14-mile stretch from where we lived to get back and forth to a place called Great Bridge. And it was such a thin road that when two cars going in opposite directions were passing each other, you really had to slow down um, to not go off the road because there wasn't very much there. There was no guardrail. It was just basically a, a drop and in other certain spots it was a, a much more drop than others. And uh, it was swamp and it was marshy and in areas it was very thick and just like I said, very dismal. Um, and that was on both sides and there was hardly anything in between. Um, it was hard to have houses there and, and everything else because of the marsh. So it was very uh, empty and uh, quite a bit scary. And there was the way the trees were, they almost grew up to have a canopy above the road in most of the area. So even if it was a, if it was day, it seemed very dark and gray. And um, my mother and I were driving down the road, and she was always careful on this road. Um, and there was even a little bridge that um, when you passed it, the car had, one car had to stop and wait for the other one to come over before you could, well, this little wood bridge. And I'm sure it's all changed now. I'm sure it's just absolutely gorgeous now. But um, we're trucking along, and my mom had a, um, I think it was 1972 Mustang, um, and it was a Mach 1, and it was, uh, I believe it was a Mach 1, and it was... The bumpers on those were pretty hefty. Back when cars were cars, a little bit of a motorhead, and I kind of like cars from that era and before. But um, the bumper, I guess there's about maybe a foot clearance, maybe a little less. And we're going along the road, and all of a sudden, out of the gray dank, it was almost like just came shooting out in front of us, was what looked like it could have been a wild boar. And I had seen pigs on the farms out there, and they can get pretty darn big. This would have been a huge one. 
Um, but it was so fast. You just basically see a dark mass. And it happened so quickly that uh, by the time it was coming out in front of you, you know, and, and you, you can try to hit the brakes all you want, you're not going to completely stop. You know, it was like if you ever had a deer or an animal run out in front of you, it was very much like that. And uh, my mom saw it, and I saw it at the same time, and I got the mom's safety arm to go across me, and she's hitting the brakes. It was, again, too late. Well, as we got closer up to it, and like I said, even though it was probably dust, you know, she had her, her headlights on and everything, and the thing stopped right in front of us and turned its head and looked at us like a deer would do or an animal would do. It didn't have the face of a boar. I can't even describe to you the face that this thing had. It was one of the most, and I've seen, no offense community, but I'm going to cuss. Um, I've seen some shit, and this was pretty darn horrible. Um, it wasn't a boar. It wasn't a bear, and it wasn't a blur in the headlights, and it was fast, but um, it, it's imprinted into my mind. And the eyes were red. Um it was a mixture of some kind of a goat, nasty-looking, rubbery-looking face. And it definitely had hooves, but it just didn't, the back end of it just didn't look right. And um, not to not like a boar anyway. Well, as if that wasn't bad enough to have that look right at you. And I saw it. So you can imagine, I'm a small kid. I'm about 10 or 11, and Mustangs are kind of low, but... You know, they weren't small. And I could see over the dashboard, and its head and neck was above enough for me to see it above the hood before we hit. And you just brace yourself for the hit. You put your, you know, even though I got my mom's arm in front of me, I put my hand on the dashboard because we knew we were, we were going to fly. And we went right through it. Now, that's the part that scares you the most. First you see the face, and then nothing hits. Well, my mom had slammed on the brakes, and we left plenty of rubber, um, you know, skid marks, and she just stops, and she looks in the back. Well, if you know what a Mustang looked back then, it had the louver door, uh, excuse me, the, it was like a, a louver on the back. It looked like shutters on the back window, so that was one of the things wrong with those vehicles. You couldn't get a good clear look out the back window, and she sat there, and she just looked, and she got herself together, and she says, I have to know if I hit it. I didn't feel it hit, and I didn't see it jump. Well, she goes and opens the door, and how she got the guts to do it, she put her leg out, and she looks behind, and she sees nothing. And I remember her saying, the water's not moving. And I had no idea at the point in time when the significance of that, when I heard it, and she repeated it again, the water is not moving like she's trying to convince herself of it. And now I realize that, you know, if it had jumped in front of us and it missed, it would have jumped in the water and caused ripples before it went off into the wood line. And if we had hit it, you know, it would have flown up and there was nothing on the road behind us and nothing in front of us. And then she thought, my God, it's stuck underneath of us. So she quick grabs her leg and she pulls it and pulls it in and she slams the door and she was just bone white. And she said, did you see that thing's face? Did you see that thing's face? And I said, mom, I saw it. I saw it. I saw it. It had red eyes. Now I look back and I think that could have been the reflection of the headlights. Who knows? But they were red. And, um, 
she just said, oh, my God, it's stuck under us. And she said, well, it's not going to be stuck long. And she threw that thing in, and she just hit that gas, and she just took off. And we didn't stop all the way home. We pulled up in the back of the driveway of the farmhouse, and we're sitting there, and she's waiting, and everybody's just not, we're not saying anything. A couple of times she muttered back that the water wasn't moving. I guess she's trying to play it in her head. Where the heck could it be? And I think she was convinced that it was lodged up underneath the car. Well, she told me I had to sit in the car. Don't get out of the car. And she gets out of the car. We're in the driveway now, and she gets very slowly gets out of the car, and she steps way out and slams the door, and she goes around the front. There's nothing on the bumper. There's nothing on the hood. There's nothing under it. And she looked that whole thing over, and then she just put her hands on the hood and just cried and shook all over. And um, that kind of put the exclamation point on it for me. So, um, and I've never forgot the face. I've never forgot the face. And I'll tell you, the, the lady in the woods with the snot, that one scared me a lot, but this one's right up there with it. So what do y'all think? What do you think it was? Uh, have a good night. And, you know, ghost peeps, keep up the good work. And uh, Tony and Jenny, thanks for listening again. And I love y'all. Blessings and light. I think you saw something pretty dark. Um, you know, it... it if you listen to the show for a while, and obviously Cisco does, um, you know, or, or anybody out there who's you know, somewhat familiar on the topic of, you know, demon type things, it can take any shape, any form, you know, whether it be a little innocent girl in a cute little dress holding a doll or some sort of goat from hell. Is it a goat man thing? Is that what I don't know if it, it was a, a goat man is actually um, that's literally kind of a walking on all fours. This is uh, this sounds I don't know more like one of those hove demon type thing I don't know what the hell it is I don't I wouldn't say it's a goat man okay I would just say it's some sort of something that was supposed to go out there and scare the hell out of those two you know? that's so weird you know I love Cisco's stories and and the thing is everybody's stories I think about and it's amazing when they pop up into my head. Because, like, for example, the other day, our, our seven-year-old, she's fighting allergies, and she sneezed, and she had this huge drip of snot hanging out of her face, and I swear to God, the first thing I thought was, Cisco snot witch. <laughs> that was the first thought I had. Of course, I didn't tell her that. She wouldn't have understood. But she did look up to us and say something in Latin. And no, then... <laughs> she didn't. No, she just didn't have a Kleenex handy. And then walked like a crab backwards in her hands into her room. <laughs> We heard gibberish the rest of the night. We didn't know what was going on, but we thought, <laughs> ah, kids. That's a seven-year-old anyway. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's funny because you hear these stories and then you do exactly that. You start referencing them in your own real life yeah. as to what the hell it is. Uh, 855-853-4802 is a fun number to call in with your real ghost stories. Hi. Hey, Tony and Jenny. Um, I've actually called in once before. It was a while back. And I actually, um, I had... Based on what I had said in my story, an experience when I was younger, Jenny had brought up empath or sensitive, and believe it or not, that was actually the first time I had ever heard of that. And based, you know, on what you said and even what Cisco had said during her interview episode, I kind of uh, researched it more. And what's really interesting is now that I actually know about it and I've been able to read up on it and kind of do my research. Um, 
it does sound like something that applies to me, uh, more so my younger self, because I would say now I don't experience it as much. But to be honest, I think part of that is due for the fact that when I gotten when I've gotten older, or as I've gotten older, I sort of controlled it, I guess, because, because I guess because I didn't actually know what it was. Therefore, I kind of just like shoved it off and kind of blocked it out. Um, you know, but to give you an idea, when I was younger, I've actually, I've seen at least two um, spirits, and uh, it was an overwhelming sense of emotion both times, but ever since then, I haven't seen anything. But um, it's been kind of fun, actually, looking back on weird occurrences when I was younger and kind of saying, okay, is this an empath-sensitive thing, or was this something else? Or And anyway, so I've been doing that, and so... I got to a story that I have, and I decided it wasn't clear-cut, and I just wanted to call in and maybe get Jenny's input, um, even Tony, what you think, um, but here it is. So when I w- this happened when I was younger, of course, just like all my other stories, and uh, it happened around elementary school, and um, at that time I was actually going to a babysitter or a daycare, and they would drive me to school every day in the pickup lane, and they would uh, pick me up after school. And um, it had been a few weeks, and what was happening is I was getting little cuts on my fingers, you know, from normal things because I was a kid playing probably too rough or something. But when I would get a cut on my finger, I would tell myself, and I don't know where this came from, um, but I would tell myself that if I got a cut on my finger, I had the chance to see into the future. And that was my chance kind of if I just sat down and reflected and kind of thought I could find something in the future. And um, it sounds really strange, but I think part of that was maybe me just being a little kid. Um, But it actually started happening, or at least coming true, to the point where I would tell my friend, well, my best friend at the time. And um, it was all small stuff. Granted, now I can't think of an actual example, um, except for the one that is actually the point of the story. So it's happened enough, I guess, to where I'm actually starting to believe in myself uh, more so, and so I'm... I'm telling my friend about it, and I'm like, hey, man, I just got a cut on my finger. This means I can tell the future. Do you want to see? And I was like, I'll prove it to you. And, he, of course, he was like, yeah, okay, tell me what's going to happen. And so I would actually sit there, and I would calm myself, blank out all my thoughts, and kind of just focus. And um, I remember specifically this time because um, I told him, excuse me, I told him, uh, you know, this one's not good. I was like, for once, this one isn't actually a good thing. It's actually the biggest one I've had, and it's not going to be good. I see a car accident. And I can't tell you exactly how that came to me now because it's happened so long ago, but I know that's what I had felt, and that's what I ended up telling him. And that's pretty much how I left it. I just told him that. And so we kept on with our daily routine. I don't know how much he thought about it, but because... I was just a kid. I didn't really think much of it. And later on, we get dropped off at school. And at the end of the day, and we're both walking to the pickup lane to get picked up by our babysitter, and we notice her car is in, in the, the pickup line. So it's kind of strange. And I'm starting to get a little fluttery because, like, I'm kind of connecting the dots. And uh, we notice a car that we do recognize, and it's actually a friend of hers that her children also went to the daycare so she usually helped out and we saw her out the window waving at us like hey i'm picking you up today so 
we went down to the car. We were like, what? Why are you picking us up? We were looking for the babysitter. And she was like, yeah, um, she actually had gotten in a car accident earlier that day. And she wasn't, well, she did have a few injuries, but it wasn't anything major. And the car was able to be repaired. But the fact that she had gotten into an accident, I kind of looked at my friend and was like, oh my gosh, I told you. And granted, like I said, I, I didn't know anything about empath or sensitive or anything like that. And it was something I kind of just, you know, came up with because I was experiencing those things. And so the fact that it came true, I was just as shocked as my friend at that point. Um, but yeah, so I just thought I'd call in and share that story because it is different. I'm not saying that maybe, you know, people get cuts on their fingers and that they can experience the future or get a certain feeling. But, um, I just thought it was kind of cool because as a young kid that didn't know about anything like that, I applied it to me cutting my finger. But the feeling part actually does sound something similar to empath, but because it's not so much paranormal as much as it is me seeing the future, I was just curious maybe what you thought or if Cisco's listening in. Um, I don't know, but uh, it's been a lot of fun uh, listening to your shows and actually reflecting back on my past stories and it's really been eye-opening, so I thank you for that. It's definitely paranormal, uh, or sorry, group therapy for the paranormally affected. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't want to hold you up for too long. I know I've been babbling, so I enjoy your show. Thanks for listening, guys, and um, I look forward to listening to more episodes. Thank you for your call, and I remember your original call, and I still think you are an empath. Um, okay. I did weird little things, too, kind of when I was a kid. And I don't mean to hurt your feelings by saying it's weird, but we all do weird little things as little kids. Um, the cut on your finger obviously doesn't have anything to do with you seeing the future. But what I think it might be, and, you know, not all sensitives have premonitions like that, um, is that you were focusing more on a premonition or trying to kind of hone it in, I guess, if you will, when you had a cut on your finger. So it wasn't so much that it had anything to do with that, but at those times is when you kind of focused on it. And it's like a skill. And the more you hone in on it and use it, the, the stronger it gets. So I can sometimes just know things and not tell you how I know things, but I just know them. I don't ever see things in the future, but I can just... You know, I, I just seem to connect the dots without having all the dots there. So, anyway, that's that's my take on it. I had a like I had a feeling the other day that when I tried the waffle taco at Taco Bell, that it wasn't going to be very good, and it wasn't all that great. <laughs> I had to interject a little bit of humor. Well, I know. No, I completely agree. I know exactly. I understand where you're coming from. I'm unfortunately not one of those people, so that's my way of relating. It's relating with a joke because I can't relate. I believe you. Yeah. I believe that you both, you know, probably have those skills and can get those feelings. And, you know, I won't say I, I don't completely have it, but I don't have it anywhere to the level that, that I think you guys do. Okay. I think, you know, everyone to a certain extent, if there's something that's off or or weird or I, I just know that something bad is going to be happening or I'm going to get some bad news, I kind of can get that vibe sometimes. Mm-hmm. Even when I don't know, and I just don't know where, and what makes me anxious then is I don't know where it's coming from or what it's going to be about. But I'm usually pretty accurate when that comes on, and I, I don't like that. Um, but it usually has to be something pretty bad. I can I find 
the closer I am to some, uh, okay, I don't know how to say this. I can tell more things about somebody the closer I am to them, not physically, but like emotionally. Sure. Without them divulging things to me, I can just pick up on that. I can pick up on good things and bad things. And from a past experience, it doesn't matter how much bad I pick up on. I can either choose to act on it or not and still make a mistake. Sure. So. There you go. That's how you end up with an ex-husband, right? (laughs) (laughs) I guess so. Yeah, that's probably about accurate. Uh, 855-853-4802 is the phone number to call into Real Ghost Stories Online. I want to get to this one last call before we wrap up the show for today. Hi. Hi, guys. I just have to say I love the show. Started watching it on YouTube about three weeks ago. Uh, just recently watched the show today on the Ghost on Roller Skates where the girl was talking about uh, the dream she had regarding her brother in a car accident, which reminded me back when I was in high school, I had a very horrible dream about a Mexican couple. Uh, the man had wor- murdered his wife um, and also killed himself after that. Um, in the dream, I was in the bedroom. I assumed it was a couple's bedroom. I walked out into the hallway and looking down, saw a big uh, bloody mess. Um, the man was pointing a gun at his wife. Her head was clearly missing and blood spattered all over the wall. After that, I apparently must have screamed in the dream. I don't remember what I did. Uh, he looked up toward the bedroom door. I assumed, yeah. Uh, was going on. He said something in Mexican, which ended up to um, him saying, she made me do it, and then turned the gun on himself, pressing the gun to his chin, and fired. I woke up up around 1.30 a.m. on the same morning, apparently this happened. Um, I ran to my dad, told him that a horrible dream. He told me to go back to bed. Um, That morning, we went out to do some errands, came back. There were cops and the police tape around this one house, a few houses from us. And the, um, my stepmother went and asked um, our neighbor what was going on. Later was told that a man had murdered his wife and then himself. It was around the time I woke up, was it, was, which was at 1.30 a.m. Um, I asked if there was blood on the stairs and if the wife had been head had been blown off. My stepmother was mad and asked me who told me that. And... Um, how did I know it happened? I told her I had dreamt about it. Till this day, she still doesn't believe me. Um, sorry, just a little bit nervous. My first time calling. Um, if somebody can um, figure out why I'm having dreams like this that are actually things that have happened, that would be great. Um, thank you. It's always great when you dream about the neighbors getting blown away. That's I mean, that's disturbing. I believe you. I, yeah. I, you know, it's just... Um, yeah, I mean, it's almost like she was dreaming it uh, as it happened, like she had a live feed in her mind of the actions being, you know, taking place not too far away from her physically. Yeah. Is that a, is that an occurrence that happens sometimes, I wonder, where, you know, that, I mean, there's a lot of, you know, uh, energy going on in that house, I'm sure, as that event was taking place. Can that be essentially projected out? out of that house and be picked up by someone who's sensitive to it in a dream state or whatever state they may be in? I don't know. Oh. I was wondering that myself. I was wondering if there was that much 
negative energy and she's that sensitive yeah. that maybe she could pick up on something going on. I'd be interested to see how that timed out. I remember the time she had the dream and the time that this occurred because I'm sure they can probably get a general idea when the murder took place. Yeah. And she could, if she remembers, have a general idea when she dreamed it. You know, was it like co- concurrent to the actual time it was happening? Was it post the event? Was it pre the event? How, you know, how did that all play out? It almost made me wonder if maybe she astro projected over there because he yeah. said something to her. Well, did he say it to her or did he just say it out loud? I thought he looked at her and said it, but okay. I'm, I may be wrong. Interesting. Uh, it'd be interesting to get the take uh, from our community on that one. If you want to weigh in, yeah, feel free definitely. to write in or uh, comment on the forum or uh, or whatever you know, wherever you want to go with that. Eight five five eight five three forty eight zero two eight five five eight five three forty eight zero two is a phone number to call in with your real ghost stories. We'd love to hear them. And if you enjoy the show, you listen a couple times a week, maybe every day of the week, and uh, you'd like to uh, keep this show. A going for a little wind in our sails, uh, please uh, support and uh, become an EPP uh, on our website. It's only five bucks a month, or you can do 10, or you can do 15. It's up to you. Whatever you feel the show is worth, but five is all you really need to do, and uh, you'll keep this show a going. And I will also say a little thank you, give you an extra episode every single week as an EPP. They all get a bonus episode, and we'll have some other bonuses for you as well, some extra pieces of audio and video throughout the year uh just as an exclusive thank you for the folks who are uh what i would say kind of the backbone of the show keeping it uh, keeping it a going so check out the website real ghost stories online and thank you in advance for becoming an epp we greatly greatly appreciate that so for jenny brewski i'm tony brewski thank you for listening to another episode of real ghost stories online <laughs>